Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So here's David and some of his army um, in the Philistine uh, territory running from Saul. And, while, and then, but back in their camp, it was a raid. It was an army that came in and, and took a lot of their possessions and, and people, their wives, their kids. I mean, they took it all. It was a raid. It was devastating. When the, um, the other, uh, David's army got back, when they saw that, everything was gone. Everyone was gone. Everything. Everything that they built up was gone. Gone. And the people were devastated. And they were so devastated, they blamed David. Welcome to leadership. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Yeah. It's good when things are going well, right? You feel like I'm a great leader. Everything's going well. Until something bad happens and the people that serve under you don't know how to handle it. And they blame you. So what are you going to do when that happens? You lead in your family. Things are going well. I know if I lead in my family, things are going well, right? And so something bad happens and my leadership gets questioned. The enemy loves to question who you are in the midst of trial. So imagine that. You, I mean, they lost everything. They came back, they lost everything. I remember when I was about six or, or seven years old, my parents bought their first home. They were so excited about it, right? I remember it was just such a celebration. Like, you know, every week we were celebrating having a new home and, and things like that. And I think a few months later, if I'm not mistaken, uh, someone broke into our home and took everything. I saw the look on my parents' face because I, I, I knew how hard they worked just to get there. And then to come home and everything was gone. Everything was gone. They just felt defeated. They felt defeated. All we could do was just weep and weep and weep until we had no more tears. See, I believe here most of us have been robbed. Robbed of our peace because we live in chaos. Robbed of our joy so we isolate. Robbed of our purpose because we're focusing on what we've lost. Most of us have been robbed. Robbed. Robbed by the enemy. And it stopped your momentum of growing in the Lord. The enemy loves to steal. It's what he is created to do. To kill steal, and destroy. As soon as you say yes to God, right, he will send things 
to stop your yes, then everything becomes no. Because he gets you the focus on what you've lost. To kill, steal, and destroy. God's saying, stop allowing the enemy to steal from you. Take it back. Take it back. See, we cannot restore ourselves, but God does teach us how to fight. See, we cannot allow people or things to steal our peace. That's something we do have control over. I don't let just anyone come into my home and just hang out. If you have a negative attitude, if you are not serving the Lord, I'm not trying to be religious. I'm just trying to protect my home. You you are not authorized to speak in my home. You are not authorized to reside in my home. If God is not first in your life, because I'm working, I've I've worked way too hard to get to this point and to lose everything. I know what it's like to lose everything. My wife and I had a house fire in 2016. We lost everything. We lost everything. But the one thing we did not lose, a couple of things we did not lose. We did not lose our peace. We did not lose our joy because we still had God. My call didn't stop after the fire. Actually, it ignited us even more. It's like, oh my gosh, because if if the enemy is going to try to steal, try to kill, and try to destroy, that means he has something you want. You have something he wants. He wants your peace. He wants your joy. But he can't have that. I won't allow the enemy to take that from me. And I won't allow anyone else to take that from me. You can't take my peace. You can't have my joy. That's my, that's the thing that keeps me going. You can't have that. So if you've lost that, God is saying to you, take it back. Take it back. Turn to someone and tell them, take it back. Take it back. Take it back. The enemy cannot have your peace. Don't let him have your peace and have your joy. If he takes your peace and takes your joy, he takes everything from you. Because what possessions God can restore. He can take, let him take the possessions. But you can't take my peace. And you can't take my joy. Are we going somewhere? Some of us have been robbed way too long. Take it back. It's not too late to turn those defeats into victories. Victories. When God look, looks down at us, he looked at, he said to you today, you're victorious. You're victorious. When I look at you, you're victorious. It's not too late to turn those defeats into victories. The process of restoration begins with an action. 
begins with an action. Mark 3, 1, 5. I love this text. When I first learned how to preach, I meditated on this text. It's so powerful. It says, and he entered in the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. And so they watch him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil or to save or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had took around at them with anger, being grieved at the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand and his hand was restored. His hand was restored. The process of restoration begins with an action. So here's this man with a withered hand. And Jesus was, was there and he looked at him. He looked at all the religious believers around him. All the religious people. Were, 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 he was surrounded by all the, the, the people that abused the law. Right? So when God called you to restoration, he will pull you out of something and place you in a better place. So, so what initiated the restoration when, when Jesus told him to step forward? Step out of what you're in right now. In order for God to restore you, he will bring you out of something. So the, the process of restoration begins with an action. He is saying, step forward. If you have no, much, no more to give, he is saying to you, step forward. Sometimes all it takes is just one step forward for God to restore you. Just because you've lost some things, God can restore them. All he needs you to do to just, can you just take a step forward? Your circumstances should not break your momentum. Your circumstances do not have to break your growth process. God is saying to someone today, all you need to do, just one thing, all you need to do is to step forward. It's to step forward. And then the stretching out the hand is saying, God, I am yours. I am yours. When he stretched out his hand, he was restored. But it started with a step. And it started then with a stretch. A step and the stretch, stretching of the hand. Just step forward. The process of restoration starts with a step. Are you with me this morning? And so, reading in this text about David, some, some three things he did that I thought it was so powerful. Three action steps David took toward restoration. You ready for them? The first one, it says, he strengthened himself in the Lord. <laughs> he strengthened himself in the Lord. And it says, let's, can we go back to that verse 6? Can we go back to verse 6? Verse 6. I can read it over here. You got me? Verse 6. Yeah. The first one. The, yeah, First Samuel 30. Verse 6. Okay. 
Here we go. So it said, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But, it says, but, it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. So it was the difference between what others were doing and then what David was doing. So they had a different response and David had a response of saying that, you know what, I'm going to go to God. I am upset. All hell have broke loose. You know what? I am going to go to God. See, sometimes we have to minister to ourselves. The way that we minister to ourselves, we're like, you know what? I know this is really bad right now, but I need to go to God. I, I, I need to go to God. So he brought all of his fears, his concerns to God. He, the Bible says that he, this text says he strengthened himself in the Lord. That means he got strength from God. Where do you get your strength from? Where does your strength come from? For some people, their strength comes from circumstances. That means if they work out, they feel strong. If they don't, they feel down. Right? So that's the up and down life. That's like a roller coaster of life. It's like one day I'm feeling really good, the other day I'm down in the dumps because the circumstances did not work out. It says when, when, when David was in crisis, this whole, the whole crew was in crisis, David went to God and he was strengthened. He was strengthened. Right? And some people get their strength from people. People will let you down. If your strength only comes from people, people are going to let you down. So that means if you like me today, I feel good. But for tomorrow, you're mad at me. That means I'm feeling really bad. I'm not, I'm unsure about myself. Your strength should always come from God. The action, it was the action, the first thing, David's first response. It said that he got distressed. That means he's just like us, right? He was feeling bad about the situation. What did he do? He went to God. He brought everything to God. He brought everything to God. He says he strengthened himself. When we practice taking things to God, our weakness is transformed into strength, and we are filled with an inner strength that we did not have before. Come on. See, when some, ba some bad things happen sometimes, people stop serving God. I've noticed that in the body of Christ. When bad things happen, we just stop coming to God. You're like, where's so-and-so? They stop coming to church. Where's so-and-so? They say, well, you know, I had this and this happen, whatever. Well, you just keep coming. Like, you don't have to battle by yourself. There is strength in numbers if we're all uh, gaining strength from God. Could you imagine that if we all go to God and get our strength from God and we can connect with each other, we would destroy some demonic forces, right, that try to come up against us. It's just like we could just say things in the name of Jesus and it would just cast out all type of demonic forces. You can, I mean, God will just uh, uh, give you people in your life that you can walk with, but we, we're all getting that strength from God, and we can win battles together. So here's the thing. 
when spending time with God, he often reminds you of who you are. Revelations 1.6, it says this, to him, love us and wash us from our sins is his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God, Father, to him to be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the Bible says that we are kings and priests. That means we have some authority. Do you know you have authority? It comes from God. But you go get your strength from God. Right? See, knowing who you are will strengthen will strengthen you to continue. Come on. So the second thing David did, so he first thing he did, the first response, he was strengthened by God. And then the second thing, he inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this truth? Shall I overtake them? Not only was David was asking God, should he go after them? He was asking them, will I win? So he was asking God, am I authorized to go to pursue this? Because if God authorizes you to go, you will be authorized to win. Because his word would never come back void. It will accomplish everything when it's sent out to do, whatever it's sent out to do. So if God sends you out with a word, you will win. But you have to be authorized. But you have to be authorized. You have to be authorized to fight spiritual battles. Don't be trying to fight spiritual battles on your own. Don't be trying to fight other people's battles where you're not called to fight. You will get yourself in trouble because you have your own spiritual battles that you need to be focusing on. Don't be um, bringing in other people's stuff. I'll be, listen, I pray when my kids start having problems or whatever, I say, God, should I pursue these things? Should I? And will I win? Because I know my children. They got some stuff. They just be coming up with all type of stuff. Like, God, should I pursue this? And I be praying for you, too. Like, you come up to me with some problems or whatever. I'm saying, God, should I pursue? Should I, should I pursue? Will, will I win? Or something that they should learn on their own? Oh, you're trying to tell them something. They need to get in their secret place. Because that's what David did. He got into a secret place and God began to speak to him. So you know the secret to winning spiritual battles? Is you inquire of God. You wait for an answer. And you follow his command. You, if you first inquire of the Lord, God, should I go for this job? And then you wait for the answer. Just because you inquire of the Lord does not give you permission to pursue something. 
in wait for an answer. Here's the key. If you don't like the answer God gives you, follow his command. Ah, because we get excited when we inquire of the Lord because we're saying that God is going to give us the best answer ever. God's going to bless me. He's going to tell me exactly what I need, blah, blah, blah. Trust me. God will always give you a different answer that you expect. But he knows you before you were born. He set you up before you were born. He has plans for you before you were born. So he knows what's best for you. So it's about trusting him with your life. So you inquired of the Lord. You wait for an answer. And you follow his command. Because whatever you follow, you will win. You will win. You will win. Oh, some of you are looking at me like, why do you have to go and say that? Why do you have to go and say that? But we are, but that's the key. That is the secret to winning spiritual battles. You go to him, you ask, you inquire of him, and you wait for an answer. Sometimes we have a hard time waiting for God. Some of us have been waiting for a long time. God bless you. God bless you. God's going to show up. He will give you an answer. Wait for the, the, the best answer. Wait for your yes. Wait. It's worth waiting for. And then follow his command. Follow his command. See, we must cultivate a habit of always inquiring of the Lord and waiting for his answer. Right? Because then he will authorize you to win, authorize you to win, to win. It is important that we see, uh, see, so the re- if you think about David, and it's because later on in the, in the, in the chapter, David actually pr- pursued and he, he, actually, he actually won the, the, the battle. So it's important to see that God answered David when he acquired because David's desire when inquiring was to do what God wanted. See, sometimes we inquire of the Lord because we want to do something, right? And then we, we, we wait for an answer. God doesn't give us the answer we want. And so we go and pursue what we actually wanted and not what God said. Then we ask God to restore us. And God's, you know, I mean, he will. But you have to completely give your life to him. It was like, okay, well, I will restore you. But well, are you going to do what I'm what I'm calling you to do, or are you still going to do what you want? I mean, because God knows our heart more better than we. He's looking at our hearts right now. He knows what's in it, so we can't hide our hearts from him. We can't hide anything from him. Adam. Where are you? Who says that you're naked? Like we can't hide anything from from God. God sees everything, right? But so sometimes we don't we, we don't acquire of the Lord, and because we don't want to wait, and because we want to do what we want to do. But but David, when he acquired of, of, of God, that's like real spirituality right here. That's like 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 for real Christianity right there. That's a real a true follower when you actually inquired of God with one motive. You inquire of God in in, 
<clears throat> you wait for him and you follow his commands because you want to do what he wants you to do. You want to do what's in his heart. That's the true follower. <clears throat> like God, God has a plan for you and your family. God has a plan for you and your family. You may have one, or you may have some. Just inquire of God. He will give you a better plan. And what if the plan you have is from him, right? And then he would, he would teach you how to execute that plan. So David, so David was strengthened in the Lord, he, so he went to God to be strengthened, and then he inquired of, of God, and then the next thing he did was he fought back. He fought back. So he went to pursue. David didn't just focus on what he lost. He focused on the attack. God will restore what you lost, but you have to attack what's attacking you. Listen to this. Every time you allow Satan to get the upper hand, you will surrender a little territory that doesn't belong to him. So you have to attack what's attacking you. Right? God wants peace in your home. God wants peace in your heart. What is attacking that peace? You must attack that. You must say, you cannot have my peace. I have control of my peace. So, so you must attack back. Right? What's, what is attack? You must attack what's attacking you. Take it back. If God is for you, who can stand against you? So if God had authorized you to go, God authorized David to go. He said that you will go and you will prevail. Go get back everything. So if God authorized you, he's saying that take it back. Go get back everything that you've lost. If it's your peace, if it's your joy, go get it back. That's why we have to learn the scriptures to your advantage. Learn how to pray and war and prayer. Learn how to war and prayer. Take your joy back. Take your peace back. Amen? We have to understand God's call and his empowerment always match. So should our faith, right, and our actions. Our faith and our actions should always match. Are you with me? It's one of the keys to to. Um, um, restoration, right? So your faith and your actions should always match. Faith is the foundation of Christian character. It is. See, faith is our shield. See, faith, we, we've been talking about weapons, spiritual weapons, right? We've been... Now, how are we supposed to win spiritual battles? Just, what kind of security ministry? What kind of security ministry we have here? It's just like we're not even armed and ready to go. What in the? Let's try to get this back. 
See, we've been talking about spiritual weapons, spiritual weapons. Faith is not a weapon. It is our shield. The word of God is our weapon. But they won't work without, one, without each other. Right? Because the faith is our shield. It protects us. It protects our heart. Right? Because out of our heart flows the issues of life. So faith is a shield. So it, 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 it blocks from the, the enemy, it blocks you from the enemy's plans, the darts, right? The, the enemy loves to throw stuff at us. We have to learn to use our faith and stand on it and say, no, God is true. God is true. God is true. Like, so it's our belief. We have to protect our hearts, right? See, what, what happens sometimes, people, some people only know the word. But don't use, uh, don't believe in it. Don't believe they have no faith in the word is what, what I wanted to say. So some people only know, I know people that are so knowledgeable about, about the word, but as soon as they get attacked from the enemy, right, they're just getting hit left and right. And they're not ready for war. They know the word, but how do you use it? How do, how do you use it? So, so, so they both work hand in hand. You have to have both, right? You, you must know the word, and the word needs to be in your heart. And you need to protect your, your heart, right, for, for things when the enemy tries to steal. Or what type of things that try to steal your peace? Certain conversations. Some things that try to steal your joy. You know, what, who are you talking to? Who you associate yourself with, right? You need to protect your faith. You need to protect your heart. Amen? So, so, so they both work hand in hand. This is your weapon, and this is your shield. So the word of God feeds me and changes my heart, but the shield protects it. It guards it. Right? See, some people have faith in faith, but no faith in God. But our actions have to score, correspond with our believing if, if, if we are to receive from God. What does it say in James 2? James 2, 14, it says, What does it profit, my brother, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Faith with, without works is dead. God cannot restore us without faith. Are you with me? Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For who he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So reading this text, it says, so when God when we come to God, we have faith in him and diligently seek him. It says it pleases him and he rewards our faith. Right? He rewards our faith. Listen to this. One of the greatest mistakes many believers make is to confess their faith in the word of God and at the same time contradict their confession by wrong action. 
So it's just like you believe that God will provide all of your needs, all of your financial needs, and then you worry about how you're going to pay the bills. You're totally contradicting your, your belief. It just doesn't, it doesn't go together. It doesn't go, so you must believe in the word. They work hand to hand, right? You, in order for you to fight spiritual battles, you must use both. Right. That's why the word is your weapon. No, I, no. This is what this is what the word said. This is what the word said. I'm going to stand on the word and I'm going to protect it every day. We must protect the word of God that's in our hearts. We must protect what's in our heart. We must protect what God is doing in our lives. We must protect it. Amen. So it's just like so. So we must. So our faith must be backed up with actions actions. So what does faith and works look like? What does faith and works look like? Well, it's when you go to God, you inquire of the Lord, and you bring everything to him, and you wait for him, you wait for the answer, and you follow his commands. So everything that you're praying for, you you check in with God. It's like, God, are you authorizing me to pursue this? That I'm going to wait for. But waiting is action. You're waiting. You worship him. You're waiting. This is how you wait on God for an answer. You, when you pray for something, you lay it down at his feet. You wait for it, but you still praise him. And you still ask and say, God, what's on your heart? How can I serve you today? How can I serve you? What can I do for you, God? But thank you for who you are. I just, Lord God, you're just so awesome. I just love everything uh, that, that you're doing in my life. Thank you so much for my family. This is that. You're still active. You're still active. But you're waiting for God to answer those prayers. But it's more to you than what you want God to answer. It's more, it's more to you than that one prayer. God has so much more. He didn't say, I have a plan for you. He says, I have plans for you. So it's not, so that sometimes we wait and we wait, we wait the wrong way. We just wait on that one thing, but it's so much more to you than that one thing. God has so much more that he wants to share in your heart, in his heart. He wants to give you, stay active, stay active in pursuing God and follow his commands. Don't allow the enemy to trap you based on circumstances. See, some people know the word but are not doers of the word. The actions of a doer of the word coincides with your confession. James 1, 22, verses 24 but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. <laughs> so become doers and hearers. Are, uh, if, you, if you're only a, do, uh, a hearer only and not a doer, you would, change would never exist. Change would never happen. God cannot restore you, right, if you're only a hearer. He says, 
not only just, so don't, that was that mean, don't just come to church and hear a good word, or don't pick up your Bible and just read and read a good word, become doers of the word. Doers of the word. Let the word of God guide you. So it should be a challenge every day. When you pick up the Bible and you read something, it's like, oh, God, how's this speaking to me? Pastor Steve was explaining of how, how to read the Bible. How's this speaking to me? What should I do with this word today? I am telling you right now, God will reveal his word to you. God will reveal his purpose of his word to you. Like you'll be able to give that word to someone else. You'll be able to change something based on that word. Become doers of the word. How is this word speaking to you? To you. Are you with me? God's saying, fight back. Fight back. You fight back. You fight back with the word, right? And you protect your faith. See, your faith is not a weapon because it's supposed to be in you. It's supposed to be your lifestyle. It's your protection. Fight back, the Lord is saying. Fight back. Amen. Your word ain't working. I don't know what that is. What kind of word that is. Okay, so the final stage to restoration. Final stage to restoration. Now we have to, so once you take it back, do not give it back. So we must evaluate good communication. So your words must align with God's word. Does your word align with God's word? God's word? So let's get back to our, our, our text that we've been in um, in Jeremiah 1 9. And we're, we're, we're wrapping it up. Jeremiah 1, verse 9 through 12. Then the word, then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations, over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, see, I see an almond branch. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. See, Jer uh, so God told Jeremiah to build and to plant. So his words are to build and to plant. Our words should build and to plant. It should build someone up. It should build something up. Right? See, we need to plant seeds of restoration. Plant seeds of restoration in your situation. Plant seeds. See, God evaluates good communication. His words bear fruit. His words get results. His words will perform his will. His words will satisfy the soul of the hearer. 
God evaluates good communication. When he gives you a word, he watches over it. He watches to perform it. He evaluates good communication. So he is evaluating our communication. So when he, so when we first started the series, I was sharing with you how it was amazing that God covered Jeremiah's mouth. And I know he put words in his mouth, but he first had to cover it because of what Jeremiah was saying when, when his, his first response to God when God told him that you were going to be a prophet over many nations. So God covered his mouth. Watch your mouth. Don't speak against what I'm calling you to do. Watch what's coming out of your mouth. We know that there's power in the tongue, right? To speak life, to speak death over something. So God is evaluating our words. How do you evaluate your words? How do you evaluate your communication? What fruit does your communication produce? What fruit does it produce? Does it tear something down? Does it lift something up? Does it speak things into an existence? See, God authorized Jeremiah to speak. And he's saying, what you speak will build up and will plant. Will build up. God called Jeremiah to lay a godly foundation that will build fruit. Your words can lay a foundation and build godly fruit. It can cause those strong roots, those strong foundations. So then when the enemy tries to come to kill and, and destroy, kill, steal, and destroy, you won't waver. You won't waver. Right? Because your words are always building. You know, you meet some people, they always have a word for you. The word that builds you up. You know what they're doing? They're planting godly seeds in you. They're planting godly seeds. See, for me, I'm not going to focus on your weakness. Right? Because when you get with God, you will be strengthened. So your weakness is planted in God's strength. And so when I speak with you, right, I'm going to plant godly seeds in your life. I'm going to ask God to show me the, the, the dynamic call that you placed in his life. It's important. God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do, what, what do you see? He says, God, I see an almond branch. An almond branch represents God will fulfill his words. God will fulfill his words. He says, I put words in you years ago. I'm watching over that word. I'm going to fulfill it. Success is on its way. Make room for it, thus says the Lord. Make room for it. 
watching over the work. God's saying, what, the, what are you seeing? It's amazing that God asked Jeremiah, what does he see? Because he wants them to speak the same thing. If I see, I know he's saying that, I'm contradicting myself what the word says of faith is the evidence of things I've not seen and things like but I'm talking about a perfect God gives you prophetic dreams Come on. God gives you a prophetic word and you have the image of what that word looks like that's what I'm talking about so Jeremiah, what, what do you see what do you see so it's that, that word taking root in you and it's, it's making it's, it's turning into to what God wants it to turn into. He's giving you that prophetic image. Then you start saying the same thing. You start speaking the same things. Are you with me? I'm going to close with this scripture. Isaiah 51, 16. And you can stand with me. Isaiah 51 16 it says I have put my words in your mouth I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth and I say to you I say to Zion you are my We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.